Well, it's uh, Wednesday, uh, and uh, April is almost over. Still no services, but uh, coming to you with our Wednesday Bible study tonight, I trust you continue to pray for one another, uh, pray for our missionaries, and uh, uh, pray for your pastor. And uh, I appreciate that very much. But uh, tonight we want to uh, continue with our uh, study uh, in First Peter, and uh, the title of our study is Hope That Exceeds Our Doubt. We're going to be looking at First Peter chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 3, uh, 3 through 8. Now at the time that this letter was written in history, <clears throat> Christianity was growing at an increasingly rapid rate. Uh, the gospel was being shared, and many were coming to the saving knowledge in Christ. And such rapid growth had gotten the attention of the authorities and devout Jews. The rapid growth had not dispelled opposition and persecution, but rather it had caused it to increase. And those in position of influence were concerned with this new movement. And the majority sought every means possible to defeat it. Now physically and militarily and financially, uh, Peter had nothing really to offer the church. Uh, he couldn't promise the church any external resources in their struggle for uh, religious liberty. And although the churches were experiencing amazing growth, they remained in a minority among society. He had nothing external to offer. But Peter was convinced the believer possessed something within that would carry them through whatever adversary they faced or whatever adversity they faced. And so after his greeting, Peter immediately reminded the churches of the hope that they had in the Lord. And in the face of increasing opposition, their hope remained, and it would provide all they needed to endure. Now, they just needed to be reminded of the hope they had in Christ, uh, keeping it always before them. And I want to do that uh, in this study as well. Just uh, remind us of the hope we have in Christ. Our situation is somewhat different, and yet it's still much the same. We're facing increased pressure uh, to conform to society, and even perhaps abandon our faith. Our modern society isn't interested in a biblical worldview, a living according to biblical standards, and would rather the voice of the believer be silenced. And numerically, it would appear that Christianity is in a decline, but we too must maintain faith and hope in the Lord. Uh, these will sustain us as we deal with the increased opposition, and I want to examine the principles that Peter is sharing as we consider hope that exceeds our doubt. First of all, notice the hope of the believer. We see this in verses 3 through 5. Uh, when all hope appeared to be gone, Peter reminds us that hope is not lost. Every believer enjoys a lively hope in Christ. Notice, first of all, the source of our hope. He says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Peter reminds them that they are never alone in the journey. 
They were not born of corruptible seed. But the Lord, through the righteousness in Christ, uh, and God had graciously provided for their redemption through the sacrifice of the Son, uh, he loved them enough to allow his only begotten Son to die in their place, and such love was not to be disregarded or forgotten. They were loved and kept of the eternal, omnipotent Lord. He knew where they were in the journey, and he was more than able, he is more than able to provide all that is needed to endure. Their hope wasn't in the abilities or policies of men, but in Christ Jesus, their Savior and Lord. Now the Romans may threaten and even martyrdom might have come for some, but even in death, hope remained. And we would do well to remember the source of our hope. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is not in those around us, not in the policies and the legislation of the government uh, or the resources obtained uh, through Wall Street. You know, uh, our country is very concerned about the uh, economic situation. But there's a greater concern, and that should be our spiritual situation. And when it appears all hope has been removed, remember the source of our hope. It wasn't given by earthly means, and nothing we face in this life can remove or diminish our hope. We read in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, Christ is the source. But notice, secondly, the significance of our hope. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Their hope wasn't temporal or fickle. Uh, it was lasting. It was enduring. It was eternal. And every believer had experienced the abundant mercies of God being born again in Christ, risen in the lively hope that he provides uh, of eternal life. Christ had faced death at the hands of the Romans. He gave his life on Calvary for the sin of the world. They placed his lifeless body in a tomb and rolled the stone in front of the entrance. And for his followers it appeared hope was buried in the grave. But three days later... Life came forth triumphant. Christ had faced death. He had conquered death along with the grave. And their hope wasn't in one who had been, but in the risen Lord who provides eternal life for all who come to him by faith. Oh, what comfort and what joy that brings to my heart, and I trust to your heart as well. We have no way of knowing what we'll be asked to endure before this life is through. But we do know, we can know, that life is temporal. It serves as a time of preparation for the life to come. Death is certain for each one of us if the Lord doesn't return for us here in the near, near future. You know, it's possible that some of us may ha even be called to give our lives for our faith. Regardless of the cause of death, I know that I am secure in Christ my Lord. He came forth triumphant over death, and through him I have the assurance of eternal life. 
when I lay aside this body of flesh, whenever that may be, I'm going to enter into the glorious presence of my Lord and Savior. Death is not final for believers. We have the promise of life in Christ. He will come again, calling his dear saints. And when he does, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those that are alive and remain will be caught up together with him to meet him in the, in the air, and so shall we ever be. Titus 2.13 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Romans 8.11 says, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. So we've noticed here the source of our hope and the significance of our hope. But notice thirdly, the splendor of our hope. Find this in verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Peter reminded them not only of their hope of resurrection, but also the hope of an eternity in heaven. Those who are in Christ are heirs of the promise. The troubled life they were facing at the present time would not last forever. The future was bright for the believer. Jesus had resurrected from the dead and was ascended back to the Father, but he was not idle. He stands as our mediator and our intercessor, and he's preparing a place for us to join him in the splendors of heaven. In John 14, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. The environment in which the early believers lived left much to be desired. Theirs was not an easy existence. And we too perhaps can identify somewhat with that. And I'm certain we have not experienced anything like those in the early church did, but Life can be difficult at best. And yet the, the home that awaits us will be unlike anything we've ever experienced. Our inheritance will be incorruptible. That means it cannot perish. Uh, it does not age. It does not deteriorate or die. It does not have the seed of corruption within it. It will be undefiled, meaning it cannot be polluted or defiled, dirtied or infected. It means that our inheritance will be without any flaw or defect. It will be perfectly free from sickness, disease, infection, accident, pollution, dirt, from any defilement whatsoever. Also, this inheritance will never fade away. Our heavenly home will be eternal, never-ending. We will never have to make preparations to leave or to say goodbye again. Colossians 3 and verse 4 says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And then notice, fourthly, the security of our hope. Verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, if anything was certain in the lives of the early believers, 
It was uncertainty. They never knew what a day might bring forth or what type of struggles they were going to be called on to endure. In the midst of such uncertainty, Peter reminds them of a very secure future. In fact, it was so secure that it was unchangeable. They had been saved by the grace of God, made a member of the family of God. They were scheduled for heaven. They may not have realized it yet, but they were as good as there. And when their race on earth was complete, they would enter the presence of the Lord never to leave. Now that word kept there, who are kept by the power of God, means they were garrisoned about as if they were surrounded by an army of soldiers. And so we as believers are guarded, protected by the power of God. Now I think most of us probably realize this fundamental truth. But you know it does us good to be reminded from time to time. Our lives here will not last forever. Death is coming to each of us. But that will not be the final moment in our existence. We too are kept, garrisoned about by the power of God. We are simply waiting for the time to make the transition from this life to the next. And if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're ready to be accepted of the Lord in heaven. Receiving Christ by faith is all God requires. Now, granted, we want to live for Him. We want to accomplish all we can for Him in this life. But that doesn't secure our salvation. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to meet the Lord if He were to call today. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him for we shall see him as he is. So now that not only is there hope for the believer, but also a second thing here I want us to notice, there's help for the believer. And we see this in verses 6 through 8. Uh, Peter reminds them that along with their hope in the Lord, there is help from him as well. Notice, first of all, our perspective in temptation. It says in verse 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Uh, Peter reminds them to keep a proper perspective while facing adversity. Uh, they may endure heaviness through various trials and temptations, and when those times come, they're encouraged to look at them through the lens of faith. He had spoken to them of their hope of heaven and the anticipation of eternity with Christ and how that should outweigh and overcome any temptation they faced. That word temptations is the idea of being tested, being tried or proven. So temptations, that is testing, and difficulties will remain as long as we live in this body of flesh. But they don't have to defeat us. We must keep our focus on the Lord, greatly anticipating our eternal future with Him. And if we can maintain a spiritual perspective focused on the Lord instead of the burdens, we'll find help in our times of need. Later on in this letter, Peter says in 1 Peter 
but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. So the help for the believer involves our perspective in temptation or testing. But it also involves our potential in trials. Verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now, Peter does not insinuate their trials are enjoyable, but he knows that they are beneficial. They're more precious than gold. As they endured the trials of life, God was refining them, removing the doubts and the failures, while conforming them to the image of Christ. Uh, their faithfulness to Christ in the midst of adversity would strengthen their faith and bring honor and glory to the Lord they served. Nothing would speak louder to the unbelievers than a determined faith among believers while facing adversity. You know, I don't know anyone who enjoys adversity or struggles in this life. Uh, we like things to run smoothly, don't we? And we like to have the least amount of resistance possible. However, it is in the storm, facing the fires of life, that God refines us. And it's then we learn to trust the Lord and become more like Him. And our lives then shine for His glory, bearing witness of His strength and power, not, not our own. Our lives become a living testimony for Christ as we faithfully endure our struggles. I don't enjoy trials, but if they serve to draw me closer to the Lord, then I should be thankful and welcome them. Job 23.10 says, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And then thirdly, we notice here in the, in the help for the believer our patience through faith. Verse 8 says, Whom having not seen in love, excuse me, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Their love for Christ would provide the help they needed to endure whatever they faced. Those who held a spiritual perspective anxiously awaiting the coming of the Lord would experience victory in life. The trials and the burdens would never diminish the unspeakable joy that comes from serving the Lord. One day their faith would end in sight. There was no place to abandon their faith or even consider giving up on the Lord because He was faithful and He would provide. You know, we're going to face uh, continued struggles, and as they come, I trust they will be tempered with joy and unspeakable and full of glory. Now, we too must endure faithful until the end. There is a home awaiting the saved by grace that is beyond description. We will enter the presence of the Lord, and one, the one who died for our sins purchased our redemption. We're going to spend eternity praising Him in the glories of heaven, what could we possibly face in this brief life that could even compare with the glories that we're going to share throughout the endless age? Patience isn't my strongest character trait. 
but I do want to be patiently enduring for Christ my Lord. And I'm sure every one of us has faced hardship and trials. Some of you may be in the midst of a raging storm today. The enemy would have you believe that hope is gone and there is no reason to continue. We've been reminded that our hope is not in this world, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have much to gain in the life to come. Uh, he is able to equip us and to endure the struggles that we face here. Or struggling, uh, maybe you're struggling today. Why not seek the Lord to renew your hope and provide the help you need to press on another day? He will meet you and he will provide for you. And if you're not yet saved, having never received Christ as your personal Savior by faith, you haven't experienced this hope and you can't rely upon this help. Come to Christ today and begin life with him. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for the help and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And I trust that we'll be faithful to uh, be trusting you each and every day. Thank you, Lord, for the blessed assurance that we have in Jesus Christ.